Hello and welcome to On the Horizon Podcast, coming at you from Dean Studios. We're an extension of Horizon Church, a relationally driven, socially conscious, Jesus-centered church located in the heart of Towson, Maryland. I'm your host, Ryan Casey, and today we're going to have a little financial corner with Tim White. Thanks for joining me today, Tim. Pleasure to be a part of it. I really wanted to call it the financial corner with Mr. Tim because of uh, <laughs> we have a little inside joke of, you know, kid Tim is very kind. He's very, very uh, good with money and has a job that we're going to talk about. But he also volunteers with the kids. And we have a little picture of, you know, Mr. Bryce, Mr. Tim, the people who kind of teach down there. And everybody else is like in T-shirts. <laughs> we have a LinkedIn picture from Tim. That's Mr. Tim. Like he can manage your money and watch your kids. <laughs> I'll never forget the moment I picked that picture because I, I was tapped from our Kid Horizon ladies to uh, to select a picture of myself, and I'm looking at ones of <laughs> myself with my, my beautiful wife and children and all these fun, loving pictures that I think most everyone else right. selected. But uh, and it, it just had – I truly had a light bulb moment. I was like, no, 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 no. I have a professional <laughs> shot that I had to take, and for another time I will share with you all how – awkward it was to sit in that pose so uh if nothing else out of this podcast go out on my linkedin and, and take a look at that it is it is quite hilarious we should I wish if we had show notes i don't really know how to do that stuff we can put the picture drop the picture down in there but uh yeah. we'll figure that out for the future yes <laughs> well tim tell me a little bit about your journey you know like uh where are you from originally so for starters the word journey is uh is definitely the word the buzzword the Christian buzzword for 2019. I, nice. I feel like that's really <laughs> that's really uh taken uh, caught fire. Uh, nice. But nevertheless my journey uh what was the question again? Where are you from originally? Okay. So uh so I moved to Maryland in 2010. Um I I'm originally from Ohio. I grew up in Ohio. Uh my now wife, um, Katie, who many of you know, um, she relocated to Maryland for work and uh, kind of had that lie in the sand moment. And uh, <laughs> I, I shortly thereafter followed and uh, landed a job at T. Rowe Price. Nice. So uh, that's where I am today. So I'm going on 10 years wow. uh, at T. Rowe. That's yeah, awesome. It is. That's awesome. And where'd you go to school? So I feel like I, well, we're in Maryland. So I went to Elida High School. So I feel like I have to let everybody know where I went to high school That's first. That's I'm a rule. from Philly. So when I asked you where to school, I actually meant college. But right, that is right. the Maryland question is where <laughs> yeah. did you go to high school? I, I assume so. But I, a little play on, a little dig on Maryland there. Uh, so I went to Ohio Northern University. Fun fact, it is uh, in the same tiny little college town that all of the Super Bowl footballs are hand-stitched by nice. the ladies, Ada, Ohio. Wow. Uh, so the Tuesday before the Super Bowl, be sure to catch that special when they don't know what to talk about. <laughs> they will be airing these little ladies stitching these footballs. It's actually kind of cool, like that a little slice cool. of Americana. Wow. And on, one of only two schools that are polar bears. So go oh. go Bears. Well, nice. <laughs> I didn't know you were a polar bear. That's pretty cool. Oh, diehard. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So how did you find Horizon? I know Katie found it before you, but. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, man, it was, I, I guess there's a longer story to it, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was through connections from Ohio Northern, actually, um, a, a truly an acquaintance of ours had, uh, had, had kind of landed at, at Horizon, um, and Katie didn't have a car and was living in the city <laughs> at the time. So I guess the fact that, uh, she was carless is, is what we have to thank <laughs> for finding Horizon because, uh, the acquaintance through Ohio Northern, kind of the Christian community that we had at, mm. at, at ONU, uh, you know, helped us you know, find Horizon. Then I came along, and I had a car, so then I was <laughs> I was able to get us out of the. Because at the time we were living in the right, city, right. so um, 
so yeah, at the time when we moved, we were in the city and, and found Horizon, and it really has become like our adopted family. Uh, it's a huge reason, and I would say, by and large, the only reason. Not even work has kept mm. us here. It's Horizon that has kept us uh, in the Towson area. That's awesome. What what about it? I mean, because once you had a car, you had options. What about it kept you making that drive to Horizon from the city? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I think just human nature, like you, you kind of look like, okay, well, you know, I'm kind of a conservative guy and, uh, you know, where like I need a support structure around mm-hmm. me and Katie and I, you know, have no family nearby. Right. We knew we were going to be starting a family and, you know, it just, it was just so magnetic. I mm-hmm. mean, the, the, the culture, the, the community of Horizon is something that uh, I'm sure every single podcast boasts, <laughs> uh, but it is, it is awesome. And, you know, for, for us to not, never even darken another church's mm-hmm. door, I think is a testament to, uh, you know, just the, just how, um, well, what, what do I want to say? How uh, life-giving the church mm-hmm. has been for us. Um, awesome. Just from the relationships we've built, the support for our kids now, I mean, from every stage of life as we've kind of grown up, the church has been there for us and, mm-hmm. and something that we continue to try to figure out ways to give back to it. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we're going to be talking with Tim today about um, – you know, tell us what you do at T-Row before we, so we actually know your, your financial qualifications because you're not exactly a, a budgeter, but you, right. you deal with finances on some <laughs> level. Yeah, so <laughs> so, uh, so my job at T-Row is, is quite, quite niche. So T-Row, first and foremost, for those who don't know, uh, is – headquartered in uh in baltimore uh, it is one of the largest employers in in baltimore it is also happens to be i think the fifth or sixth largest mutual fund company in the world mm. so t row uh, manages over a trillion dollars today uh by and large thanks to the massive uh, bull market that we've had here going <laughs> still going strong but uh nevertheless at t row i'm i am in sales uh so um i predominantly focus on um reti- on selling to the retirement community and what I mean by that is I, I'm on the institutional side of T-Row. So quite literally, hang on for this one. <laughs> I, by title, am a defined contribution, investment-only, senior intermediary sales consultant. I, wow. liter- I think that's, is that that, I think that's eight somewhere? words. Yeah. <laughs> so then they, they shortened the first part to DCIO, senior intermediary sales consultant. I don't think that helps at all, but I, I do focus on basically selling to you know 401k plans and trying to get investments into the lineup and that's in and in a nutshell awesome yeah. awesome well you know I think it's you know it's I, some people might wonder why a church is doing like a little financial corner but one of the things that I found is is just it's a huge point of education for people in our church and a lot of people have a lot of questions mm-hmm. why do you think it's important for us as Christians to kind of like talk about money or to have a sense of you know you know just run with that yeah <laughs> yeah I mean I I think you know it's kind of like yeah, I don't know. You could argue, you know, health and wealth are two right. of the the biggest, um, you know, I think points of, um, yeah, I mean, the biggest points of stress in people's life. You know, it's, you know, how am I going to live a, a healthy life or how am I going to prosper financially? And, you know, those are just two huge sticking points, whether you are fresh out of college or whether you are, you know, 10 years post retirement, you know, that is, right. that is at various stages of life, just such a big deal to folks. And so, then you, you kind of overlay that with kind of the, you know, um, the obviously the Christian belief system and mm-hmm. what does that what does that mean for us? And so I think it doesn't go away, but and, but it kind of puts a twist on it. And I yeah. think a lot of times, uh, you know, it kind of turns that conversation on its head because, you know, as as Christians, you know, we need to be good stewards of God's mm-hmm. money and, and kind of giving back what it ultimately yeah. is God's. And, you know, I, I certainly would say it's a 
a testament to, to where Katie and I are today that, you know, by, by kind of doing that, um, you know, God has absolutely blessed us, um, tenfold, you know? And so, like I said a moment ago, I mean, we're always looking for ways to, to continue to give back and Mm -hmm. to be frank, I mean, we don't, we, we feel like we should, you know, give that much more. And so it is, it is a struggle. I mean, there's definitely no, no, no sugarcoating that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a sacrifice, um, but it's one that I think, you know, as you, as you kind of study up on, you know, why that is so important, um, to, to your faith walk, I think it's huge. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And just to clarify, I, you use those words as kind of like, but we're not a health and wealth church, but we do believe that we want people to be is healthy. That a, that's a thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. don't worry. I had no, no idea. No, it's all right. That's a, <laughs> I had no idea. I learned something. No, but okay. that's <laughs> That's fantastic. No, but uh, but in general, I would say like, I mean, we believe that, you know, people go through ups and downs and that, you know, God is with us through all those things. But like, I totally agree that I think stewardship is the key and that whatever mm-hmm. God has given to us, we're called to be good stewards of. Right. And I think our culture now especially in the church it's almost like don't tell me what to do with my money my money's my mm-hmm. own right but like god is we're called to be open-handed with everything that we have whether it's our money or relationships like if we're submitting to jesus christ he's right. lord over all those things yeah and i would hope you know one of the things that we really talk about is that like you know how we handle our money gives us an abundance to share mm-hmm. like if we're wise in what we do you know like if you're spending thousands of dollars just paying debt that's money that you can't be like generous with, you know, right. it's just going to the institutions that you owe it to. Right. But like when we, when we actually are wise with our money, it not only benefits our own lives, but it, it should benefit everybody on the neighborhood. You know, like if Tim White is wise with his money, it benefits Horizon Church. It benefits mm-hmm. the hungry in Towson. It benefits, you know, so I think that's how we should really think about it is like the more we steward the things God gives us, the more we have to, to give back to God. Yeah. But, well said. But yeah, so I think it is a very important thing for us to be talking about today. And we're going to be focusing on savings. You know, we're going to try to get some of the basics hammered out in our little financial corner. Um, What do you think is the biggest, what are some of the biggest obstacles to people saving money? Yeah, so I I think there's uh, a few things I would point out. And I guess for starters, I think kind of um, just, I guess I would sum it up as saying like a lack of financial literacy, I guess mm. is one way to say yeah, it. It's, really it's well you know, or maybe even to, to dumb it down a little bit further, it's, you know, where do I start? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I think mm-hmm. people here, you know, I should save more, but it's right. like, what does that mean? You know, that's such yeah. a nebulous statement. It's like, <laughs> save more. It's like your parents are like, you know, kind of wagging <laughs> right, their finger right. at you. You can almost like feel it, <laughs> you know, so it's like save more, or put, you know, put more money away or don't spend as much. And it, it feels very um, like constricting. You mm-hmm. know, I think the messaging so much in our culture is, you know, like it's a, it's like a dirty thing to think about. And so I think, you know, just, just out of the shoot, you know, that's nebulous. And so there's, that's not actionable. And so, you know, folks don't take action. You know, it's like, you know, I should work out more. Like, I don't know. Like I I don't, I've never darkened the start. Yeah. 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 Right. So I think there's some of that, you know, but it does spill over into, it's like, man, like, do I go to a bank? Do I go Mm. to a, 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 uh, like a brokerage firm? Right. Do I go to a wirehouse? So places like Charles Schwab or Morgan mm-hmm. Stanley is, there's so many options right. out there and there's so many flavors. And then obviously you see things in the headlines that, that scare people. And so it, it can be daunting. I have yeah. no doubt. Um, and so I think it, it's, it, there's just a, a big um, scare factor out yeah. of the gate. Um, but I think also there's just the sheer sense of lack of budgeting, right? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Building a budget is tough. I mean, yeah. I'll be completely honest, and I should have said this on the onset. I am a certified financial planner, <laughs> CFP. There so you go. I am. Add uh, so, that to the list of twelve labels you have. <laughs> right, right. Now that's behind my name. So that's 
That's crazy. But uh, for those of you who don't know, I, the way I like to say it is, you know, a lot of people assume I'm a CPA. Mm-hmm. That was That is a professional in the tax world right. uh think of the cfp as kind of the equivalent of that but in financial planning so right. so right. uh but anyway so yeah like as a cfp i sit here and say budgeting is extremely tough mm-hmm. and it is not not easy to do because on any given month you know do you ever really hit the hit the you know the target head on right. now you know and so i think you know tough budgeting is just extremely difficult um, you know, and I think one of the most valuable insights when you are looking at a budget uh, from an advisor standpoint, if I were sitting down with someone, is to look at their cash flow statement. Yeah. You learn a lot about somebody about how they spend <laughs> how they, money. Absolutely. Uh, it shows what you value. That, like, I, I don't yes. think people, uh, someone once told me, like, don't tell me what you value. Show me what you spend your money on and how you spend your time, and I'll tell you what you value. <laughs> yes. No, that, yeah. that's huge. I mean, Again, I don't I don't work in a in a capacity where I sit down with folks across the table. Actually, I used to, uh, and I aspired to go back in that direction. Um, but nevertheless, you know, when I did, one of the yeah, one of the most in, in, insightful things in someone's life is where they spend their money. And yeah. because you know they sit there and say, "Well, here are my goals," and I say, yeah. oh, that, "Oh, that's your goals," because <laughs> yeah, this says something totally different. <laughs> right. Or maybe maybe it right. doesn't. Right. You know, maybe right. it's like, "Hey, you're actually not that far off," right. kind of thing. But you know, I think. Not budgeting is huge. Um, actually, th- this is kind of a, a staggering stat that we use at T-Row. Only 40% of Americans have $1,000 available at this very moment to cover unexpected expenses. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Only 40%. So, wow. you know, your your washer and dryer go right. up. You know, right. any, I mean, you need a new roof or something. I mean, those are crazy things that mm-hmm. happen on a daily basis to any one of us. Uh, I'm staring down the barrel at a new roof, at a new roof myself, and it's. Let me just say, it's much more than a thousand dollars. But nevertheless, that is staggering. Only forty yeah. percent of Americans wow. can do that, and so you know that just. If if you ask me, that is you know putting the cherry on top as to why savings is so important to yeah. have a cushion. That's huge, and I think you're totally right in the lack of intentionality and the lack of education on it, literacy on it. Like, I, it is staggering to me how little we educate on finances in our culture. Like, you know, you can go through school and not really know how to build a basic budget. Like, mm-hmm. And that's high school, college. Like, I, I went to a liberal arts school that's just supposed to make you a well-rounded person. I don't think anybody ever talked to me about budgeting on any level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, there's just a lack of financial education that goes out there. But then I, I think it's real lack of intentionality. I don't mm-hmm. think people set out to not save money. I think it's just they spend as they think they need to yep. and then – you know, saving becomes a second afterthought instead oh, yeah. of saving first. But and that, that was going to be another point I was going to bring up is mm. like you know just the the I think spending frivolously is yeah. is unfortunately probably number one as to why right. people don't save is that and I think unfortunately in our culture today social media has absolutely dumped gasoline on that oh, yeah. because you know you're and we we've I've, we've had sermons on this at Horizon <laughs> even just talking about some of the, those those societal pressures mm-hmm. from social media you see right. what your friends are doing what your yeah. colleagues are doing what other families are doing and or or what people are wearing i mean right. it's 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 crazy but it's yeah. true i mean your mind is wired to think like oh my gosh like i need that i and yeah. and you get in this this spiral if you will and you know you you all of a sudden you wake up and you know, you're you're just in this vicious cycle of mm. of spending to keep up with an image that you kind of think is right. Is, and obviously, that's a can of worms in and of itself. Right, but right. it's spending, and then what does spending lead to? It's taking on debt, yep. and so it's having too much debt, and then all of a sudden, do I pay down debt? Do I save? Right. You know, it's that's a that is so vicious, and you know, it it <laughs> that that is one of the most dangerous parts to to the whole thing. I agree. You know, I think convenience plays a big f- part in it too. Is that like um. 
and it's just so easy to kind of get things right away, whether it's putting it on a credit card and then you end up paying more over interest over time. Mm-hmm. Or I even just like the convenience of Uber now, you know, it's like how much people used to be able to used to walk five blocks if they needed something. But just being able to take an Uber every time, you just don't think about every time this is five bucks, this is 10 bucks. And, you know, I think just the convenience of what this, the charge on something is, mm-hmm. unless you think intentionally about what kind of money you have to spend on those things, it just goes away real fast. Yeah. We were helping someone get a job for the first time and he was trying to kind of manage his money well. And he like blew most of it on Uber. It just kind of happened, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, um, just because he was trying to get to work, it was too late to catch the bus and just got in the habit of taking Uber. And then, you know, it's, it's just, that's so easy for any of us to fall into that. Absolutely. And I'd, I'd encourage people to consider electric scooters, but I go. tried one for the this past weekend for the first time, and let me just tell you, I absolutely bit it. And we're talking like semi-sprained wrist, oh man, ribs incredibly sore, and a black and blue mark the size of like like a wiffle ball on my oh, on my hip. So. So definitely, definitely <laughs> so, just walk, okay? So those are latent defects. Because I was actually a, a semi-eyewitness. I didn't get to see the, the full Superman. But, but I, I was nearby when it happened. Tim bounced up and shook it off like nothing had happened. And then it was later that the pain started kicking in. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you're in your 30s, there's a there's a little bit of a lag to it. So, I, I mean, we are a week away from that 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 fateful moment and uh and i'm still feeling it so so yeah that's another reason to just walk (laughs) that's the real lesson today just walk just walk (laughs) just walk it's cheaper (laughs) oh my gosh well real quick do you have any rules of thumb that you apply to yourself when approaching savings yeah uh, i i think you know the first priority um it kind of points back to a previous point is um yeah, and this is just kind of a general rule of thumb. This isn't like Mr. Tim's guide to anything. <laughs> this is a general rule of thumb that's out there, and it's to have. I love sick- that you reference yourself as Mr. Tim. We're gonna- yeah, <laughs> it's it, we're sticking with. I it, think we're gonna stick with it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, like children are listening to this podcast. <laughs> Anyways, uh, is to have uh, six months worth of your fixed and variable expenses mm. set aside again for the unforeseen. Right. Um, so. You know, if you're a family spending, you know, five to six thousand dollars a month, I mean that that could mean thirty, thirty-five, thirty-six thousand right, dollars right. set aside in a very safe, you know, liquid account. And so, mm. I mean, that is that is relatively large, and it's not something that you know next month you're going to be able to tackle right. if that's not where you are. Uh, so don't click off of this podcast now. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean that, that is super important. Yeah. I mean, you never know when you know you you could lose your job. You mm. know, you never know when medical expenses are going right. to creep in. I mean, there are some some really staggering uh, scenarios that could play out. And mm-hmm. so as a general rule of thumb, kind of having, uh, like I said, about six months worth of fixed and variable expenses set aside. Um, and then once that's established, I guess the question was kind of like, what do I um, kind of shoot for? It's, you know, I, then I'm starting to look at retirement. And yeah. I think, again, another general rule of thumb is to save 15% mm. um, of your take home towards retirement. Um mm. And that's just kind of a, a general rule of thumb. Right. Um, and certainly, you know, don't think of it as just straight 15% for yourself. I think right. a lot of folks work in a scenario where uh, your company could be matching or have some sort of matching arrangement. Yeah. So that, that kind of helps you get there. But, you know, I think it's important because I think sometimes I've had uh, folks ask me the question of like, well, where did 15% come from? Right. And why is that so important? I don't necessarily know exactly some of the some <laughs> right. of the, the math or the science behind it. But what I will say is, you know, you, it's only we're only a few short decades removed from 
you know, a very different picture for retirement. Yeah. Um, you know, actually, I think if you look back at the Fortune 500 companies going back to 1998, mm-hmm. 60% of them had uh, kind of a defined benefit plan or a pension plan. Uh, wow. Go to 2017. So we're just, you know, basically, what is that? Two, 20 years? Yeah. Uh, 20 years from then. And we're down to 16%. So, you know, wow. pension plans have gone by the wayside. So whereas previously companies really kind of helped you get to yeah. retirement, yeah. Um, that's just not that's not the case. I mean, there's a few that are still remaining out there. But by and large, Americans today are, you know, having to shoulder the burden that is retirement. You know, right. it was they used to refer to it as a proverbial three-legged stool. I don't know if you've <laughs> ever heard that. But it was your pension plan, huh. Social Security. And then whatever your personal savings was, usually like a 401k or Literally anything else. I've never else. heard that before in my life. I'm yeah. financially illiterate. Oh, f- <laughs> you, you get these like, you know, financial guys yeah. like drawing a stool, you know. <laughs> so it, it, it's a thing. Well, and, um, you know, so if you take one of those out, which is the pension plan, which by and large, not many of us have. Yeah. And then you think about Social Security and say what you will. And I'm not going to sit here and say it's going to be here or not. But, you know, it's yeah. not exactly on sure footing as it has been. Yeah. Um. And then you have, you know, your, your, your savings, your 401k and so forth. And really, you know, they're, they're, mm. that's painting the picture. You know, yeah. you're not going to have this guaranteed source of income, mm. Social Security, who knows. And so, you know, we're, we're left shouldering it. So yeah. that 15 yeah. percent is, is critical. And so, yeah. you know, definitely after you've kind of gotten your emergency uh, savings taken care of, now you're looking at, right. at your retirement. So it's tough. Yeah. I remember when I just got out of college, I, you know, my, my parents had challenged me to try to put like $200 away a month just mm-hmm. in case something happens. But it was funny, like, after like every six months, something happened. Like, I had to fix something on my car, and that thousand dollars went down to nothing. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it just kind of kept coming. Mm-hmm. You know, I was glad I had the thousand um, when that happened. But I, I mean, I think two things maybe need to work in tandem because I totally agree. Those are huge things. And it might feel daunting to say 15%. Yeah. It might feel daunting to say $30,000. But I mean, like one, start somewhere, yes. start, you know, start somewhere and build it. But the other thing is, is really start to think frugally. You know, like when you start to think about what you can save money on, yep. like, the, you know, I, again, the things that we just spend money on. So without thinking about it, like if you could set a goal of like, okay, I'm only able to put 200 away a month, but I could get that to 500 if I made, if I thought smarter yeah. about what I'm doing with my life and thought more intentionally and set some kind of budget for it. I, I do think when you start with what either your goal is and you work backwards from that and say, how do I get to that 500 a month number or whatever oh, yeah. it is? It, it is unbelievable, you know, what when you add that up. And, you know, I mean, there's, you know, funny. I mean, there's books on this stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's lives. What Ryan and I are covering in 30 <laughs> minutes, you know, there's libraries full of dusty <laughs> books that people have written about for decades. Right. So, I mean, you know, we're not going to have every answer today. But right. nevertheless, you know, I mean, yeah, they, there's if you do the math on if you, you know, run through Starbucks to get that, you know, frappe mocha moke you know that's right. that's five six bucks every day or yeah. multiple times a day yeah. i mean it's it's unbelievable and so you you i think you hit the the nail on the head where you know, start somewhere you yeah. know it's like again i go back to the it's very parallel when we talk about your health right i mean yeah. if you're looking to get in shape and you prefer your preferred method of exercising is running you're not going to go out and run a marathon tomorrow right, right? so you got to start somewhere and right. i think that that absolutely is parallel for your money as well yeah yeah. I do think we get so overwhelmed that maybe I just won't even try. Or like, you know, with retirement, yeah. it's like, man, you're going to wish you did. Like, yeah. And even if you're 35 and you haven't thought about it yet, like it's still better to start now than it is when you're 55. Right. And wherever you are in your stage of life, it makes more sense to be thinking intentionally now. Yeah. And I can, I mean, gosh, I can think of so many of my friends and, and people at church as well that, you know, when they know what I do and somehow that kind of comes up around the water cooler, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they kind of say, ah, like, yeah, I'm, 
I'm throwing a couple bucks into it, which is yeah. again great. Right. But the the way that they're phrasing it is like, you know, I'm kicking the can down the road. Uh-huh. You know, like I'll I'll take care of it later. I'm young. Yeah. I got other priorities. Right. And right. Certainly, there are some other priorities which might warrant not right. saving as much for retirement, such as tackling debt. Right. But right. Um, nevertheless, it shouldn't be you know a lifestyle that you're trying to support, or you're just not you know, yeah. or you're not taking the steps to just think fru- you know right. frugally. Um, but yeah, I, I mean. I think it was Einstein that said the eighth wonder of the world is compound interest. And so like <laughs> I mean, when we talk about like actually investing, I mean, oh, my goodness. gosh, you are missing some prime years to get, you know, yeah. to get some money sacked away because that can grow oodles. And mm. so if you're not saving today, even if it's just a, you know, yeah, the little, most right. 50 bucks, I mean, right. it's crazy what that can grow to. Wow. So, yep. Well, we're going to get more of that. So one of the questions I have for you is where should you, where, if, okay. So if someone's at home listening, where should they put their savings? And, you know, I mean, I'm guessing as a financial planner, you don't recommend just like opening up a mattress and sliding it in there for 50 years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and so I think it's important to, to note. So, I mean, when we're saying, you know, savings uh-huh. and like in a retirement setting is going to look very different from savings for, for so I want to be very clear that, yeah. you know, savings sometimes, you know, you're, you're saving for different goals. And so, I think to be yeah. clear for an emergency fund. Yeah, like like the, say the five six months that you're talking about of just having on hand. Like what yeah. what do you put that in? So I think first and foremost you need to be thinking about accessibility. Yep. Um, you know, actually, I I kind of think about a conversation I had with my parents recently because I I manage their investments and basically the way I put it with them is that within if you cannot get access to your money within 24 hours, then it's not liquid. It's mm. not accessible. Okay. Um, so that's that's what I mean when I say yeah. that. So. For some, it could mean um, a bank account. It could be right. a money market account, um, which you know could be at that bank, could be at an you know, investment firm or what yeah. have you. But you know, I would say definitely keep that very accessible. And typically, because of that accessibility, it typically means and and predictability of what that dollar amount is. Let me right. be clear, because <laughs> some things are very accessible, but also very risky. So uh-huh. I think you definitely want to be you know not. Mm-hmm. Not shooting for the stars with that bucket of money. Yeah, you know, if you put in thirty thousand dollars today, in a week you want to go back and and see something relatively close to, 30, close yeah. to that. <laughs> yeah. you know, it was sixty, phenomenal. I don't know what you got in into. Uh, definitely let me know. Reach out to me. I'll give you my email. But um, no, I mean, you you want that to be pretty. You know, the the stability, the preservation of that account right. to be paramount. So yeah. accessibility and stability of the balance is huge. Yeah. Um, but I'll be I'll be completely frank. That is a pretty large dollar amount, and so I myself have kind of spliced it up, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, a portion of that is in a traditional Invested. checking yeah. account, okay, you know. Yep, but then yep. there's a portion that, yeah, you. Sorry, we had it backwards. Yes. Yep. Sorry. Then the other portion <laughs> is is invested. But yeah. even so, it's mm-hmm. it's in accounts that, you know, might be earning more than the measly right. savings account at a bank. I would prefer not to have that just, as I like to say, burning hole because yeah, or um. Be, you know, because interest rates are what right. they are. They're, you're not really right. earning a lot, you know, 0.01, you know, maybe you're getting as high as like 1% or something like yeah. that. So, you know, finding accounts that, um, you know, can can yeah. give you maybe 2 or 3%. Yeah, let's let's give an example. Like, I know one example is like a Capital One 360 has an online account that if it's over $10,000 in the balance, yeah. they give 2% interest. Yep. So like, and I like that because it's very, you, you link it to your checking account, you can move it back and forth relatively quickly if you right. need to. Right. Um, it, you know, it's, it's, it's going to pay you 2%. It's not like a risk of it going back down. Right. 
Well, what, what, else, what else do you use? Like, what would you recommend somebody getting started on yeah, a savings so, account? So on the bank, you, you, you hit the, the nail on the head from a banking standpoint. Right. So, you know, bank, like Ally Bank is a mm-hmm. lot of commercials because, you know, they cut out the brick and mortar. And right, so right. a lot of times when banks can, you know, lower their expenses, they can, they can afford give, yeah. to allow, uh-huh. you know, for that. And, you know, I, I similar to that, uh, several years back opened a PNC account that, yeah. As long as you had some, you know, debit card activity <laughs> and you know, your balance was X, you know, they they similarly offered you two percent. So that's right. kind of on the banking side mm-hmm. of things. Um, on the flip side, you can look at you know, like the big brokerage houses like Fidelity, right. Charles Schwab, um, right. even T Rowe Price, and and some others, Cat Vanguard. Yeah, where you know you can put your money in kind of mutual funds okay. uh, that are maybe ultra short term bond funds or gotcha. bo- short term bond funds where, again, you're you are introducing a little bit of a layer of risk there right um but you are able to garner somewhere maybe in that two to four percent range right um but you lose fdic insurability which is what the bank provides gotcha um and you don't you know you certainly could see that that account go down depending on the interest rate environment that's for another time but nevertheless (laughs) you know you you do i guess at the more risk you take um it's just that you know you 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 do start to put your balance Hmm. in a more um susceptible state and so yep. that's where you know you got to just be careful with you know going too far down the risk spend, uh, spectrum for your emergency fund i should say yeah yeah that's good um and then so like so that's like your short term mm-hmm. like that or like you know the money that you want to have on hand or have available um what what so if you're thinking about more of long-term savings you know the ones that you're like your retirement for example i mean i know you you dream about this you think about this you have probably 80 things that you could say about retirement yeah give us like okay i don't even know where to start like i like what, what do i what do i put something in as, sure as like sure so i i think you know you're right i mean that this is a little bit more in my wheelhouse and and i could go for days on it but i think <laughs> if i were to sum it up i would i would first ask you you know, what type of investor are you? Uh-huh. You know, so are you going to be hands-on? Are you going to look at your account balance often? Right. Are you going to be hands-off and, you know, leave it up to whatever institution you're using to kind of um, manage it for you? Right. That, that's key, you know, because, the, you know, how much are you going to basically set it and forget it versus, yeah. Yeah. you know, manage want it, to right. manage it yourself actively? And right. so that, that, I think that's question one because the last thing you want to be doing is, you know, picking something that is just not suitable you know, for, for what you thought was, was appropriate. You know, I'm, I'm looking for uh, a bike right now. Right. And I was talking to Mr. <laughs> Mr. Jason, uh, Jason Stern, <laughs> a plug for him, you know, and it's like, you know, there's, there's mountain bikes and there's road bikes, you right. know, it's like, you can't just go out and buy a bike. You know? yeah. So like, you got to be mindful about what your intentions are uh-huh. and how you intend to approach your investing because yeah. there are different ways to do that. So that's, I think that's step one. Yeah. Step two is then being mindful of your risk tolerance. Mm. Because, you know, I can sit here as a professional and say all day and show you charts and fancy things that are going to show you, you know, all based on assumptions of what you make and, right. you know, what the market has historically done and all of this great stuff to say, here's what you can get to. But if if to get there, you're going to have mountains and valleys yeah. and, you know, you're going to be have sleepless nights, mm-hmm. then it's not, then it's not it's not worth yeah. it. You know, if you don't want to ride through the 2007 wave. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, you know, now that we're, you know. 10 whatever uh-huh. 12 years removed from that a lot of us in the field of finance talk you know use that as mm-hmm. to say hey if you if your account tomorrow you know or or if you picked up your statement from your last quarter and you saw a 20 percent decrease yeah. how do you feel you know and so like uh-huh. there are risk tolerance surveys uh-huh. that are out there if you don't know yourself it, it's easy to google yeah. and find 
like quick 10 questions and it'll tell you kind of what your risk appetite is. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's key. You know, even though I would say try to t- try to be uh, willing to, to stomach some risk because yeah. of the long term benefits, especially the younger you are. Yeah. Um, and then third, it's it's diversification. Mm. And so, you know, I guess that's where I would land to say if you're retired, if you are setting out to save for anything in the intermediate bucket, say, you know, for kids college or uh, maybe for a car down in you know five to 10 years from now, or if you are saving for something that's a little bit further out, hmm. you know, I would be you know, thinking about diversification. So the extent that you can have exposure hmm. to the U.S. and the markets yeah. outside of the world, um, I would be doing that. And so I guess I could leave it there. I mean, there's passive and active. Yeah. There's all, I mean, you could have a lot of different options, but to the extent that yeah. you can simplify it. We need to do a whole it. podcast on retirement because I, yeah. I need to be educated on that as well as everyone <laughs> else out there. So yeah. maybe, maybe we'll leave some so of that, that for, for the future. Those are the first three keys <laughs> of 800. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. That's great. Well, but do explain. I would love for you to just say generally, I mean, I mean, what does compound interest? Like why put in a retirement early? Like why would you do that? Yeah, so because, so and I, I think, you know, Einstein nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it is it is an, an an incredibly powerful force, and I think he went on to say it is that one of the most um, uh, most powerful forces that that are in the world today. And so, you know, if you put away fifty dollars, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but you know, if you were to put fifty dollars away today versus waiting ten years from now, I mean, it 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 it, it could mean very i mean literally hundreds of thousands of dollars wow. you know yeah. worth of a difference uh-huh. in say 30 to 40 years right um and so you know that that ability to it's the snowball effect yeah, you know let's put exactly. it that way you know you tiny little snowball at the top of a hill is going to grow into if it know, rolls uh, for 45 years if, if it rolls for 45 years yeah. i mean one that's a big hill uh-huh. two <laughs> and assuming it's on a straight path there's a lot of assumptions to that as well but uh nevertheless yeah yeah i mean that when you have time on your side and historically you know what the markets over the long term has have been able to yield and you know just to give you an idea i mean when you're looking at historical illustrations a lot of times uh, and there's all kinds of studies on this too, yeah. but you know, you use a market assumption of maybe seven percent or eight mm-hmm. percent, or maybe it's just six percent. And right. you know, so when you think about what you know, just fifty dollars on a monthly basis could could ultimately yield you, you know, over that time earning something in that 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 um, that ballpark. I mean, that is that is huge. Right. Um, and so, you know, fifty dollars grows at at an eight percent clip. You know, when you drop in the next fifty dollars, you know that you know it's just going to keep growing. It's eight percent on a bigger balance. Let's right. put it that way. And right. so, the illustrations are quite powerful that we use every day in mm-hmm. my field to show, you know, hey, you know, even the even the smallest amount can really benefit you in the long run. Yeah, dude, that's huge. I, and it's something I think we definitely need to spend more time on retirement in the future. But uh, kind of shifting back for now, just to kind of wrap things up on savings mm-hmm. and like and just. What kind of flexibility does having, like, say you you were to save intentionally and actually build, like, what kind of flexibility does that allow for your life? How do you mean by that? So, okay, let me give you a a, for example. One thing I would say is that, like, um, I I think we think bound by our budgets. Does that make sense? Like, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people hear budget and they think that doesn't allow me to do anything that I want. But I would say it actually does the opposite. It actually allows a lot of flexibility to your life because you have more money to work with. So, Mm -hmm. 
a for example, say you have thirty thousand dollars saved and mm-hmm. like your car just kicks it, instead of kind of like getting into a bad situation, you can buy a car with cash and save back that sure, money, sure. and you're not bound by the monthly payment of a car. You're not bound by that restriction. You know, like one thing that Kira and I said as a goal very early on was we wanted to travel, so we put money aside every month for travel. So, yeah. what kind of flexibility, you know, does having savings allow you, allow someone's life? Yeah, I mean, and that, but so I. To, to a certain extent, I would go back to where we kind of started with some of the um, some of the, the dire situation that a lot of Americans are in. I mean, mm-hmm. if you are disciplined enough to save and to kind of buck that trend that only 40% of Americans have right. saved $1,000, you know, you, you obviously are using examples of things that are a little bit more leisure, right? right? But, right. you know, it's the flexibility of not having to take out debt. You Gosh, know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's the flexibility of, yeah, I mean, and, and that's... Yeah, I mean, there's obviously uh, mm-hmm. a very popular school of thought of, uh, you know, all debt is bad debt. Um, <laughs> but nevertheless, we, which we won't touch on today uh, for another time. That's right. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's it's the flexibility of of being prepared for the unforeseen. It's the flexibility mm-hmm. to, you know, to have options for your kids schooling. I mean, yeah. that's one that, you know, in this area is, is a hot topic yeah. you know, for young families. I mean, there's. It's it's the flexibility to you know, to have options and to mm. be able to maneuver. And so when you really start to talk about separating yourself, you know, from a situation that is you know very cumbersome and very uh, binding, you know that 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 ability to save aggressively, you know, is going mm. to give you optionality and and you know just a lot more flexibility as you you know as you are reaping the benefits of that saving. So yeah. I think that's huge. Whether it is travel right. or you know obviously. Um, Unfortunately, unforeseen circumstances right. like you know home improvements or ed- right. or um, education or um, health. So I think it's huge. That's awesome. And I love that you use the phrase optionality. It's an old uh, six or Sam Hinkie phrase that uh, <laughs> trust the process. <laughs> so many Philly plugs. So many Philly plugs. No, I think that's absolutely huge. And I guess to anybody listening today, I, the biggest goal would be to try to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And like you know, if you haven't started saving, set an amount every month and then try to try to grow that, you know, like, uh, I, and I think that would be one of the biggest goals I would have is, and if you are saving something, like what can you tweak to just make it a little bit more diversified or what can you tweak to make it a little bit more mm-hmm. by saving somewhere else? I just feel like it's, a, it's, we live in a get what you want now culture <laughs> and mm-hmm. no matter the cost. And I, and I just think like we, we as Christians to be good stewards of what we've been given need to buck against that yeah. to say like, how do we like intentionally go about our lives instead of reacting to things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's also to to you know challenge folks to not think of savings as like this, this dirty word or a bad right. thing. You know, it yeah. is like buzzkill. I have to save something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like or I'm you know I'm sacrificing to. Right. You know, I mean it it is it is tough at times, especially if you are in a hole, mm-hmm. um, or if you are in a situation. You know, like obviously if you lose your job, I mean there's reasons why you don't yeah. for sure. You know, I mean right. you got to take care of yourself and and your family. Uh, you know, first and foremost, but you know to the extent that you know you are. Uh, fortunate enough to be working in a very stable environment, you, know, mm-hmm. you absolutely should be doing that. And look into your your savings options through work. You know, I mean, they there yeah. are features and benefits on you know your four hundred one k or four hundred three b plan. In all likelihood, I should say that you know on a on a yearly basis will automatically bump you up one mm-hmm. percent. You know, and uh, you know generally speaking, uh, you know you might. Your, your your salary may be growing over time, perhaps. <laughs> and so, you know, why not set that automatic mm. feature in place? I mean, that's why it's there. It's, it's, yeah. it's assuming that your salary is growing yeah. at the clip of inflation or maybe more if you're getting promotions and so forth. And 
how often, you know, if you're, so let's say you got a promotion, how often are you, you know, are you going back and saying, oh, I got to increase my 401k contribution or I need to sack more away. I mean, you're probably out, you know, celebrating with your friends first and foremost right. and, and so forth. So $200 like $200 more a month, what can I do with that? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there are features in place to help mm-hmm. take some of that, that decision out of it and, right. and to kind of automate it. So to the extent that you can, that is what, one topic that hasn't come up today is, whether you are in your 401k plan or through your bank or anywhere, you can pretty much at a click of a mouse automate any of this and wow. take the decision making out of That's it. Right. And so if you find yourself, if you say like, Tim, I am not the most disciplined, no problem. Yeah. Yeah, it is, <laughs> there, there are ways to set this baby on autopilot. Right. So That's I would encourage huge. you to consider that as well. Tim, this has been awesome, man. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Uh, yeah, thanks for joining us today. If you would like more information about Horizon Church, you can check out our website at horizontowson.com. We are a community where you will be loved and have the opportunity to be loved. Um, thanks for joining us on the Horizon.